0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
2: Hello, and welcome back to What We Said podcast. I'm JC and I'm Chelsea. Sorry, I was reading a text, and I am so excited for this episode.
1: I was reading a text about upcoming merch.
2: Guys, our merch.
1: You're about to poop your pants. Oh,
2: I'm not trying, you know, I'm not one to brag, but big woof. things come in. Big things are coming and the merch is going to be next level. You guys are going to die. You're going to love it so much. We're very, very excited. Stay tuned for updates. Um, we are going to be talking today all about in-laws. We are going to be telling some in-law horror stories, giving some advice, uh, but we also wanted to talk about our personal experiences with in-laws. Give- You know, some heartfelt advice. I actually just got off the phone with my mother in law, so Leif's mom, and I called her because I wanted to get her perspective on, you know, having her. She has a daughter and then she has four sons. Is that correct? Yeah. And two of her sons are already married, one of them being Leif. And I wanted to get her perspective of, like, you know, what's it like when your son gets married, when there's a new girl coming into the family? What are your fears? All of that stuff. So, We talked for about 15, 20 minutes, and she gave me some good insight. First of all, I asked her if it's easier to have her daughter, you know, your daughter get married or your son. Mm -hmm. Like, which is it easy? Which in-law is easier kind of thing? And she was saying, for the most part, most girls want to be with their mom more -hmm. often. Yeah. And because of that, she's like, you have to totally be okay with that. Like, as a mother-in-law, you kind of can't expect for your daughter-in-law to like always want to be hanging out with you or always want to be with your family. Yeah. Especially if the families live in the same place or something. Cause it's like, she was saying, you know, I know that my daughter wants to be with me and like, we want to hang out. So why would I not understand that with, you know?
1: No, definitely. I feel like the girl always wants to be with their family for Mm -hmm. the most part. And there's like a joke on TikTok about the dad side of the family. And I feel like people don't know their dad's side as well because of that. Because the Mm -hmm. dad's not like, or the husband isn't pushing to be with his family as much.
2: Right. So. And that's different for everyone, obviously. Yeah. But I think that is, I mean, I was telling her the whole time. I was like, I'm very lucky because she was saying as a mother-in-law, as in-laws in general, you really can't expect much. Yeah. Like you can invite, you know, your your family to certain family functions and Thanksgiving and holidays, whatever it is, but you can't expect them 100% to come. Yeah, like, they live their own lives and they can do what they want. And I was saying, I'm very blessed that you're my mother-in-law because although I'm not a rebellious person, I'm independent. And I don't like, I don't think most people like to be controlled, but maybe some personalities would do better with it than someone like me would do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, if I had in-laws who were just down my throat, like, you have to be here, you have to do this, I would— It'd make you not want to go. Yes, yeah, so it made me not want to go more. And I don't know. I think we, we talked a little bit about sometimes how there is a weird dynamic between sons and moms where, like, the moms are like, you're taking my son away. And it's kind of like, well, a little bit. Yeah. Because you are getting married, and you're starting your new life together, and you're not going to be with your mom anymore all the time. Yeah. So, it is different. And I feel like They're as I'm supposed to,
1: though, that's kind of how life works.
2: Exactly. And I feel like that could be a sad thing for parents to, you know, watch their mm-hmm. kid kind of yeah just go away. But that again, like you said, that's part of life. Yeah. Everyone does that for the most part. So let me see if there was anything else. I wrote down a few, a few things. She was saying that she kind of knows with her sons that she's gonna be more of an afterthought, and she's a hundred percent okay with that. Yeah. Which I said again good for you because yeah. <laughs> a lot of moms are really not okay with that. Like she said, I feel like I'm more of a priority to my daughter because she, you know, we have like a closer bond there or whatever. It's yeah. like, we want to be together. But with my sons, she was saying, I'm okay with the fact that their wife kind of comes, you know, first and like, I'm more of an afterthought. Yeah. And again, I'm like, that's good. <laughs> that's nice. Because yeah. Because that's that's nice that she does feel that way because she was saying she isn't one of those moms who ever cried when her kids went to kindergarten or when they moved away because she's like, I'm excited for them to live their yeah.
1: life. I was going to say when you when we were talking about it earlier, I feel like when, when your kid does get married, for the most part, at least from my experience, like my parents and my in-laws, it's like they're excited for them to get married mm-hmm. and find somebody and start a life. Like that's so exciting for them, not something sad at all. So when it is something sad— <laughs> We're going to get into why that's not so great. Yeah, (laughs) because that's where the problems arise. When it's a it's a sad thing that they are no longer kind of under your control, almost like they're they're not your number one anymore,
2: right? Or they're not
1: you're not their number one anymore.
2: Mm -hmm. And I I think there's so many dynamics to this because obviously I'm clearly lucky with the fact that my in laws are not controlling. They're they're very chill. I asked her if she. Cringes when she sees me wearing a bikini. <laughs> and she said, uh, maybe if your whole butt's out or something. But anyway, she just kind of laughed it's about funny. it. And I think that's the best way to be, is not so attached to what other people in general. Yeah. That's the best way to live your life, is not being so reactive and attached to other people's actions. Totally just let people do their thing.
1: Yeah. If you guys have in-laws that are kind of crazy, you can send them this episode and just be like, Oh, I did not mean to send that to you. Like, I'm so sorry. I meant to send that to my friend. But it is a funny listen, you guys should listen. And then they'll take some of our advice. Yes. Let go and relax. That's our that's our advice for crazy in-laws.
2: A lot of times I think it does come from a good place, but what I was going to say earlier is it is hard because there are so many dynamics and a lot of times, you know, your son or your daughter marries someone that you don't like. Yeah. And that can be tricky, especially if you're like, that person doesn't treat you well or yeah. that person's not the best person for you and you just want to shake them. That is a whole nother story because you're not trying to be controlling, but you do want the best for them. And sometimes- you know, from an outside perspective, you maybe can see things that they can't. And it's probably very frustrating. Taking a quick break for one of our absolute favorite sponsors, Daily Harvest. I was just telling Chelsea that I could not be more over cooking right now. I'm just over it. I'm done. I love quick, easy meals and I'm obsessed with Daily Harvest because they're healthy. The ingredients are awesome. And it's nice to, you know, get back into your routine and not feel like you have to set aside a long time to prep and cook meals, but you still know you're getting healthy, delicious food. So Daily Harvest delivers delicious food built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It takes just a few minutes to prepare, and we never have to question if the food we're eating is good. They never use preservatives, added sugar, or artificial ingredients. Daily Harvest works directly with farms to freeze their ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and taste. With Daily Harvest, they have lots of different options. They have smoothies for breakfast, flatbreads for lunch or dinner, and comfort food for when the weather starts to cool down. Like they're perfectly roasted harvest bowls and hearty soups.
1: Yeah, they have this bowl, you guys, a broccoli and cheese one. And it is to die for. Like the first time I had it, there's nothing, first of all, I love more than cooked broccoli and mac and cheese. So what a perfect combination. Also, plant-based. Yeah, and it's plant-based. And their mint cacao chip, I believe it's called, smoothie, is so good. My favorite one. If you're a mint chip, like ice cream girl, like we are, you're going to love this. You're going to love. You're going to like the way it tastes. I guarantee it. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it, helping you reduce food waste. Daily Harvest is also committed to minimizing their environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% recyclable, plant-based, and renewable fiber packaging. Whether you're doing a home workout, going on a bike ride, or a hike, Daily Harvest is the easiest way to eat undeniably delicious, clean food. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code What We Said to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code What We Said for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. Go check them out.
2: So, should we just get into the stories yeah. and just give our advice
1: along the way? Yes, we have lots of stories. Lots of long stories too. Lots of, you know, a, a lot of our stories are kind of, you know, one incident kind of thing. In-law stories <laughs> could be a lifetime. So yes, um, I'll go first. I need help with a big decision involving my in-laws. In our first year of dating, my boyfriend's parents secretly told their other son that they didn't like me. When my boyfriend and his brother were fighting about a minor thing, his brother said, nobody likes your girlfriend, by the way. Dad may be less so, but even he is annoyed. My boyfriend's parents never negated it, nor did they apologize or explain what bothered them specifically, even after confronting them about it. They just killed the situation with silence, and it's been a cold and distanced relationship ever since. I admit that at one point, I just gave up on them, too. The relationship is so confusing, though. They bother to come and visit us, but then they turn around and say things like how our kids won't really be their grandkids. What? Oh, that's actually so rude. To this day, I don't know what they meant by that. They have never said that they like me in any way, even though I've said that I like them to their face. They also don't say I love you or say it back to my fiance.
2: that's sad.
1: That's sad. When my dad died back in 2017, they asked my boyfriend if I needed any help, but they never contacted me personally or shared their condolences with me in any way. But then they insist on going on a vacation with us a year after. It's like they always want to do the decent thing, but their heart isn't really in it. We have reconciled with my soon-to-be brother-in-law because he was able to grow a lot as a person in the last couple of years. He agrees that their parents' behavior is weird. Yeah, this is like not even necessarily bad. It's very strange. It's very odd. My fiance and I have been together for seven years now and we'll be getting married in November. Things have calmed down. We aren't fighting with his parents or anything, but I'm seriously debating not inviting them. We're having a super tiny court wedding, partly due to COVID. You could almost say it's an elopement, but I want my own mother and brother-in-law to be there. I'm afraid having my in-laws there will create negative vibes on what should be one of the best days of our lives, but I'm also scared of the drama if we don't invite them. My fiance says he's happy either way as long as he gets to be my husband at the end of the day. Aw, we love your husband. Should I just go ahead and not invite them? Should I ask them if they even want to be there? Help, I'm running out of time. My first reaction is to ask them if they even want to be there because part Mm -hmm. of me feels like they, they won't even make an effort because they just seem like weird people, like maybe very self-involved and, you know, maybe they say they're going to make an effort, but maybe they won't come. And then it's kind of a relief off of your back because at least you invited them. But if it's really going to be something that causes you a lot of stress, I say, don't invite them. I say, just have it and be like, sorry, it was like super, we (gasps) only had a couple people.
2: I feel like that would cause even more Okay.
1: But think about people even that we know who's like, they're, in-laws or parents have ruined their weddings. It's like, would you rather have, you know, someone
2: mad at you or your wedding day ruined? I feel like, oh, it's so much easier said than done. Oh yeah, obviously. Of course. But I was going to say, I feel like just blunt honesty is the best thing that you could possibly do. And I understand that that's extremely hard, but even if you were to voice that concern, be like, honestly, I'm scared you guys will make this day yeah. not not About good for you. me because of A, B, and C, and for that reason, it does scare me to invite you. If you can keep it under control, and if you want to be there, I'd love to have you. But like, just voicing those yeah, concerns that's good. because it's like the more we tiptoe around people and just like it, the worse everything gets. Yeah, it's true. If you're just very direct, yeah. It's like I feel like a lot of things can be solved, but the reason that people don't do that is because it's very hard. Yeah, and And you feel awkward. Yes, and also
1: if you have a decision already in mind, like if you're like, I really don't want them to come, or I really want them to come, like let them know what you want. That's the whole point of clear content communication is not only like bringing stuff up, but being very direct with what you want because they can't read your mind. So if you don't want them to come kind of say that, say that to them and be like, Hey, I'm, I don't want you to be at the wedding because, you know, like Z was saying, A, B, and C. And I think it'd be better this way. I haven't really felt love from you from the get-go. I don't feel like you guys even want to be there. And therefore, like my decision is, I don't want you guys to come. Do you have like, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, concerns. And if they're like, Oh, that's fine. Like, I don't care. Then, you know, Um, but if you want them to come be like, I really want you to come I
2: just don't want this to happen. So Uh, another thing I've been thinking about recently, a concept I've been thinking about is when someone says something, take it at face value. If you say, do you want to come? They're just like, no. Yeah. They'll be like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Just be like, okay. Yeah. Like, I I feel like that eliminates so much chaos. Exactly. When people just, when you ask someone something, they answer and you just accept the answer and you don't. And if they're like, "Uh, actually, then it's like, okay, tell me the truth next time. Yeah. Let's just get to the freaking- exactly point.
1: Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. I know. It's like when somebody asks a group what, where they want to eat. If you want to eat somewhere, just say it yeah. because most people are waiting for you to say something. Like most people are waiting for somebody to bring something up. Then if no one wants to go there, they're most likely going to be like, yeah, I don't really want that. Yeah. But maybe they'll be like, yeah, that sounds good. And then you'll you'll get what you want. It's, it's great.
2: Yeah. Decisiveness is great. And and it doesn't have to be a controlling thing. It's no, just like it's Do You guys want to? Yeah. And then if they're like, no, I'll be like, okay, we can eat somewhere else. But yeah. it's like at least you were honest. Exactly. 100 percent Okay. Hi, ladies. Love the pod and your cute TikToks. They give me serotonin when I'm feeling low. My in laws and I have never been perfect. We have always had some differences since we first met when my husband and I were in college, but we'd always respected one another out of valuing our relationships with their son. My husband played soccer in college, and on his senior night, we'd all been drinking a little bit at the tailgate with the other parents and families of other players. I'd been talking to my husband's best friend's mother when she asked about my in laws and my relationship. I said we got on fine and I was lucky to know them. Unbeknownst to me, my father-in-law was behind me and he scoffed at my response. He was a little tipsy and apparently thought my response was disingenuous. When I asked him why he reacted that way and if we needed to talk about something, he told me I was trying to steal their son away from them and was only with him in case he went pro. What? Sidebar, in college, I worked two, sometimes three jobs. I was in a sorority, I took 21 units a semester, was studying for the LSAT and was working at an internship at a law office. Jeez. Because my husband, at the time boyfriend, was an athlete, he had no time for a paying job. Almost everything we did, I paid for and coordinated because I was the only one in our relationship with a car. However, I did everything I was doing for myself, but to also be able to support him when he was broke because I loved him and understood soccer paid for his schooling. But it wasn't like he was the prize in our scenario. I was. (laughs) (laughs) We love to see it. When his stepdad yelled that out loud at the tailgate at me, I literally froze. Other people had started watching our conversation as it progressively got louder and more dramatic. My mother-in-law stepped in and tried to call my father-in-law down, but he just walked off. She went after him, so I was literally left there alone, surrounded by family and friends who knew us and had heard everything. I was absolutely embarrassed and quickly walked off into the stadium and into the closest bathroom I could find where I just sobbed. I called my mom and she... Offered to drive the three hours out of my hometown to our college to pick me up. I opted for an Uber to our apartment and missed my husband's last collegiate game. I waited for him to come home and talk to him about what had happened. I was heartbroken that his parents' true feelings were not favorable to me, but even more upset that now everyone knew they didn't like me on top of it. My relationship with my family and parents has always been really good and close-knit. So if anything, I feel like he had been nicer and communicated to his parents more since we had started dating because he saw my family dynamic. The Next morning, he awkwardly left to go to lunch with them, and didn't come home for a few hours. I was nervous he'd come back with them, or worse, would take their side after talking to them. Once he got back, we had a long discussion where he basically coached me through my feelings and then had me reach out to them. I talked to his mom first and his dad a few days later, trying to clear the air. We've never fully resolved that situation, but also with time, marriage, and grandkids, our relationship has gotten better. I'm not sure we'll ever be best friends, but I'm happy that my husband has his parents in his life and that my kids get to be close to their grandparents. Also, my husband did end up going pro, but even better, I still went to law school, and became a badass lawyer. So I guess if anything, Aww. my father-in-law helped fuel my fire to have my own career. Thank you for reading my long email and making such a fun podcast I get to enjoy during my week. Well, that's kind of a happy ending. Yeah,
1: that is a happy ending. That That's a good um, medium. That's a good, you know, middle ground place to meet where it's like, okay, we don't have to love each other in terms of like, I want to spend every single day with you, but we can accept each other. And in that way, we love each other like unconditional love more so. And then that way, like you said, like your son still has a relationship with his parents or your husband, sorry. And your grandkids can have their grandparents, but you don't have to be over there every single night playing games with them. Totally.
0: Hey, Michael Phelps here. I want to tell you a bit about online therapy. Online therapy is not about time and place. It's any time and any place. Did you know that over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health I'm one of them, and that's why I'm here to tell you about online therapy and how it can change your life. Online therapy is easy as joining a video call or texting with a friend. Only you'll be talking to a licensed therapist from your device on your schedule. Talkspace is more committed than ever to making therapy accessible and affordable for all. Go to Talkspace.com and start working with a licensed therapist today. Brought to you by Talkspace, therapy for all.
1: Okay, I'm going to just hop right into it. My husband and I had been married six months. I had spent time with his family before we were married, and everything seemed great, but this was the first time since we got married... They live in the South. We live on the West Coast. His family is an old Southern family. They all live on the same street and expect everyone to move back and live in the area. We went there for Christmas. It was my first Christmas away from home. It was Christmas Day. And to begin with, his mom is asking about how school is going. When I tell her I changed my major, she announced it to the whole family and continued to say how terrible my new major is and that I could not be successful. That took a quick turn. <laughs> oh my. We go to eat and his granddad starts going off that I am vegan and that is not how God intends people to eat and that I'm starving myself and I'm and it's a fad diet and an eating disorder. He keeps going to the point where I leave the table in tears of frustration. Later in the day, word gets out that my husband is also changing his major. His parents had wanted him to be a doctor his whole life. He just didn't want to. Um, his mom freaks out and says they are disappointed in him that I am ruining him and he is throwing his whole life away from me. We then go to a fire where his cousin starts to make fun of me for crying. And while he does, spills alcohol all over me and my new white sweater I got for Christmas. I was in such a bad place by the time the weekend was over. His parents are dropping us off at the airport. And as we go to leave, his mom says, can't wait for you guys to be done with school and move back here. I about lost it. Just thinking about them gives me anxiety. We are visiting at the end of the month and I need help on how to let go. Sorry, this was so long, LOL. Anyways, love the podcast and you girls. I feel like you are my best friends. Thanks for all you do. Aww, oh, that's a
2: horrible weekend. That is an awful weekend. You know what? The first oh thing gosh. that comes to my mind what? is the classic line on the high school movies where they're like, you're throwing away your dreams. And then the son always says, no, I'm throwing away your dreams, yeah. dad. <laughs> and it's like, parents have got to stop micromanaging and Like, yeah, like, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a doctor. <gasps> you're not a doctor. It's like, yeah. chill. Well, Let them and,
1: do what they want to do. Exactly. I was actually talking about this with one of my clients the other day and relating that exact scenario to how sometimes we treat our bodies, where it's like, we try and force them to be something we think that they should look like. And it's like, you know, maybe like an Instagram, you know, fitness model or something. But I was saying it's very similar to a parent who is forcing their kids, like, you need to be a lawyer. You need to be a lawyer, go to law school, but whatever, like you need to study this hard. And then they're trying their whole life, but it's just not the path that they need to be on for themselves. And who knows if they could have been an amazing musician, but because they didn't accept them for how they are, they would they miss out on, like, the potential that they had.
2: Yes. And
1: I think that is so annoying, first of all, yes. when parents do that. Obviously, I'm not a parent. So it's like, obviously, you think you want your kids to do something, and maybe they're going to be really good at something else. Because even when we when we talk about it, like, what sports do we want our kids to play? Right. And i just like, the audacity I have to think that I can force my kids to play any kind of sport that they don't want to. Here's my thing with the vegan thing because I've had experience with this. And this might not be the most healthy way to think, but this is just me being 100% honest. Is sometimes in situations like that when people are, you know, so gung ho about what they believe, especially like, well, you know, God put meat on this earth for animals on this earth for us to eat, blah blah blah, and they're just going off. It's like sometimes for you to know that you're right in your head and to not give them a reaction. Feels a lot better than getting upset. And I know it's hard because I've also gotten upset about things where I'm like trying to defend it and I'm like getting so emotional and like angry. I never feel good after that. And I never feel like I even defended myself properly. The times when I'm just like so calm and I'm like, it doesn't matter if I change their mind or if if they think I'm right at the end of this, as long as I'm just like, I know I'm right. I know what I believe. I'm not going to not be vegan because of this. And you know, you're right. It's kind of like, who cares? Like w- once you move on and they still think that they're right and they're not going to change because they've been that way for like 55 years. Well, is. You, you
2: know, you're right for you. It's like, exactly. that's the thing is we all know ourselves better than anyone knows us. And so yeah. even a parent when they're like, no, you need to be a lawyer or whatever, like I see your potential in this area. You need to do that. Maybe that doesn't make them happy. You don't yeah. know what it's like to be inside of, you know, their mind and yeah. their heart. So I think yeah, we just got to stop like placing judgment on everyone, honestly. yeah, That would would relieve a lot of problems. Well, and a
1: lot of people with that same thing, they want a reaction from you. Mm -hmm. Like most people are getting into it because again, they have no intention of changing their mind in that conversation. They don't want to learn. So they just want a reaction. And you can tell when someone's genuinely, I can tell when someone's genuinely asking me about veganism or plant-based eating and like, you know, ask me, I have genuine questions. Like, what about this and this? And I'm like, oh, I'm happy to talk to you about it. I don't care what, I, I don't care if you're vegan or not. But when somebody is coming at me with like, you know, these just weird aggressive. things that, yeah, like I can't even comprehend where I'm just like, what are you talking about? How does yeah. that relate? It's kind of just not worth it to, to give them anything. And you have your energy
2: basically. totally Agreed. To start, me and my father-in-law have always had a rocky relationship. Wait, I just realized we did not give her advice at all. Oh. She's like, how do I let go? We're like, oh. parents are stupid. <laughs> yeah, we're like, as long as, well, I think it's just, well, what are your thoughts on, like, because they're family, you have to yeah. be close. Like, even if they give you anxiety or you feel like their behavior is actually toxic to your life, mm-hmm. do you still have to go and hang out with them all the time?
1: Mm. No, especially because you, it sounds like, well, I don't know actually if this is, if your boyfriend or husband, wait, is it her fiance? Husband. Husband. If your husband is like, sees no problem with it, that's when it gets hard. But if your husband also is like, yeah, they're toxic, then it's a little easier for you guys to come together as a couple and be like, listen, we don't want to spend that much time with you. Again, clear content communication, where you're just completely honest with your intentions, what you want and you're open to what they say back that's a huge part of clear content communication too is not only saying like this is what i think and then leaving it at that it's like okay this is what i think what do you think mm-hmm. but it's, it's you can't really do much other than that it's better than just ghosting them yeah
2: way better to just be honest because and
1: then they have more room to think that you're that you're the you know the one in the wrong
2: yeah i think for advice just distancing yourself and like you said you have to go back and visit First of all, you don't have to do anything. You don't want to. So when people are like, oh, I have to go see them for Christmas. Like, actually you don't. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But if you choose to, and you, you do want to keep somewhat of a relationship, try as hard as you can to let go of expectations that they're going to be different. And when they do say something super hurtful, honestly, I would straight up be like, that really actually hurts my feelings. Like, mm-hmm. why would you, why do you say that yeah. about, you know, veganism or something? Yeah. Like, what is your goal by saying that to me? I'm, yeah. just, I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. And that'll Asking get them clarif- like, Ooh. exactly. Asking clarifying questions. Like we talked about with
1: catcalling when you're like, you make them think about what they just did. It's like, instead of coming back with a rebuttal, like, well, this is why vegans or whatever. It's like, why do you think that? Or why did you say that? Like, like you just said, it's like, that's going to be the best way for them to kind of take a step back and be like, wait, why am I asking this? Am I just kind of being a jerk right now? Probably.
2: Yeah. And also when you do ask those questions, most of the time people are very taken aback, especially if they're used to you just going along with their plan or go and just like, you know, leaving the table crying. If you just, again, it's not even a rebuttal. It's just like, oh, I'd love to ask you this question of why you just said that to me. And they're usually going to be kind of like, oh, uh, and then they have to really think about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's honestly, one of the best things you can do. Well, and in situations, sorry, before you get into this one,
1: in situations where people are asking you questions where you're not really prepared to defend yourself in certain situations, they almost ask, you know, again, maybe they're asking because they're genuinely curious, but they're actually trying to stump you. So when you ask them questions, it stumps them because mm-hmm. they don't realize that you're about to. So that's a good, you know, whenever somebody asks you a question, even if you know, but you forget, you know how I, I just sent Chasey a TikTok where it's like, Someone asks, like, what's your favorite movie? And he's like, that's a great question. He, like, starts going dizzy. He's like, I don't know. Yeah. Because um, you forget every movie you've ever seen. Yes. It's kind of like that when somebody—even when people ask me sometimes about veganism, like, I forget everything I've ever learned yeah. about it. And so
2: in any situation, ask, ask them, them a question. Yeah, Love it's it. It's the attention off you. Love the tactic. Hey, guys. Thank you for making these story episodes. My husband and I especially love your commentary on these crazy situations and look forward to laughing every time. It was finally time to announce to my in-laws that I was pregnant with our first. My husband's family is much larger than mine, so waiting for a weekend when everyone was in the same place made me extra nervous for that moment that we would share such big news to so many people. But one month before, my sister-in-law had announced to the whole family her pregnancy. So when we finally announced ours, there was immediate silence because they weren't sure if we were joking. Oh, uh, really? They said. Yes, said my husband. My father-in-law had to look me in the eye. And check by saying, really, to me, and I confirmed. So embarrassed by the awkward silence and the, you're too young, stares. For some context, we waited to get married until after we had both graduated from four-year universities, focused on just us for our whole first year of marriage, and moved into our house with plenty of space to grow a family. Finally, the polite congratulations rolled in, and it was never brought up the rest of the evening, except for once when my mother-in-law said how glad she was that my sister-in-law was having the first baby because she's the oldest, and that's just how things should go, but -hmm. didn't realize we had been trying for a pregnancy longer than her. I couldn't have handled the pressure of having the first grandkid anyway. They're the cutest toddlers now, and what a relief that their birthdays are literally just a few weeks apart for my mother-in-law's sake. Just shows you can do everything seemingly right, but still not meet in-law's expectations. I'm 26, and age should not matter, but being totally on the same page as your husband is the best. We've had many more awkward silence dinners since then, but he always stands up for me, and I love being on his team. Oh, that's good. That's annoying when the mom mother-in-law is like, oh, I'm so glad she had the first baby. It's like, why do you care so much?
1: I was about to say sometimes older people, they just already, they just have a weird way to think about things. They grew up in a different time. Yes, they did. And so it's like, you either can let it go and just understand that it's like, it's just not worth it. Sometimes you got to pick which hill to die on because it's like, okay, her saying something like that, where it's like. You just got to roll your eyes and move on. It's like, okay, whatever. Don't let it get to you and just be like, okay, whatever. And then she loves your child. She loves you guys. So it's like, okay, a a comment or two is fine.
2: Yeah. It's the worst when people have timelines for other people's life. It's like, you don't get to decide what other people do. No, exactly. Just let it be. Yeah. But what I will say is it's really great that your husband is on the same team as you. And I feel that same way with like Leif. It's the best when you really get each other Mm -hmm. and you're on the same team. I can't imagine— Again, I don't have nightmare in-laws, but it's like, I can't imagine having controlling in-laws and then my husband sides with them. Totally. That would be so annoying. Yeah, that would be so annoying. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Hi, gals. I have a crazy in-law story that may just take the cake. I'm still shook about this entire terrible situation myself. This took place in my distant family, but I still got the full tea throughout the entire saga. Talk about a crazy mother-in-law. So here's how it all went down. Names changed to protect identity. Sarah was married to Jim but they had separated and gotten a divorce. Sarah's family did not like Jim at all because he treated Sarah horribly and was still not leaving her alone. Sarah started dating a new guy and he was liked much better by the family. He knew how much Sarah's family, especially her mom, disliked Jim. So he reached out to her saying he knew a guy who was a (gasps) hitman and would be able to arrange to have her ex-son-in-law killed by him. No. Sarah's mom was so distraught by the way her former son-in-law treated her daughter that she agreed... No, she did not. And paid him $10,000 for the hitman to do the deed. Here is where things really took a turn. Immediately after she paid the supposed hitman, the boyfriend announces that he's actually an undercover FBI agent (gasps) and has been all along, that there never really was a hitman, and arrest the mother-in-law. Excuse (gasps) me? Oh my gosh, what the heck? It was all a setup. No one in the family had any idea he was involved with the FBI at all or that the entire scenario was a setup by him. A really shocking and terrible situation for all involved. No one actually harmed since it was just a setup. The mother-in-law did get charged and is facing serious prison sentences, assuming that her daughter and the undercover FBI boyfriend are no longer together. On a lighter note, I hope you are both doing great and I love following along with the podcast and on the gram. You both are such positive lights and inspire me so much. Thanks for sharing all that you do and always keeping it real.
2: There is no way that is real. Wait, so does Sarah... So they're not actually dating? Like, or they really were dating and Sarah went along with it the whole time. I don't think we got that context. But a
1: boyfriend announces that he's actually an undercover FBI agent.
2: Like, I wonder if the girl is, like, aware of that and she's also setting up the mom with him or if they're not... And they're not even dating or they are dating and she's still setting her up. Or she had no idea throughout the whole process. I don't think she had any idea. Because then she said, assuming that her daughter and the undercover FBI boyfriend are no longer together
1: after she got arrested. So I'm assuming oh? they were together and then they broke up after she was like, sorry, you just set my mother and like my mom, my mom up for that. But also, the fact that she agreed to that, to have him killed that by is a hitman hitman. For wild. Ten, doesn't $10,000 seem like not that much for a hitman? That— like someone is
2: insane. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Wow, 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 I'm shaking. I'm like, don't hit that go <laughs> much um, pricier than that. Okay, I was literally just thinking yesterday about how I could make a whole podcast about how crazy my in-laws are. And then I saw your story this morning. I have extremely toxic in-laws. They acted really nice while I was dating my husband and flipped the switch the moment I got married. A lot of people have said that. They're like, they were nice. And then when we got married, everything changed. I'm like, what? That's so... That's weird. I feel like it's usually the opposite. Like I feel like when you're dating it's kind of like oh we're not taking it too seriously and then and then you get engaged and then it's like oh my gosh. True. Interesting. I remember it was right after I got married and we were in Texas for an open house. They wanted to come to the open house, even though we had already had a reception in Utah where they are from. So it was the night before the open house and I had been running around like crazy, trying to help my parents get everything ready. I was tired and there was still so much to do. My husband came up to me and said that his parents were flying in and wanted us to go meet them at the airport, which made no sense because they were renting a car from the airport and driving to the hotel which was right next to the airport. The airport is about an hour away from my house and I was tired and did not feel like driving two hours for no reason. So I told my husband that he could go, but I was staying. No big deal, right? Yeah. I am asleep later that night when I hear my husband come in talking on the phone to his mom and the woman is going off. She's talking about how horrible it was that they couldn't find the rental car place and they could find him. I think couldn't find him maybe. They couldn't find where to pick up their baggage and they couldn't find their hotel, et cetera. All of this was my fault because I should have just gone to the airport to help them. My husband lost his phone in the chaos and she said that was also my fault. Then she proceeds to talk about how I can be so selfish sometimes and how my husband needs to train me to be a better <gasps> wife. Oh, no. I was shocked. I knew that they had not traveled a lot, but they were traveling with my father-in-law, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and her husband. I figured that four grown adults would be able to navigate Austin's tiny airport. And I knew that my mother-in-law gossiped a lot, but I guess I figured she wouldn't do it about me to my husband. I was wrong. I was really mad at my husband and told him not to gossip about me to his mom. And that's obviously not healthy. He felt bad, apologized, and told his mom that they should not do that again. Then the next day, I kind of- Wait, so he was like saying, yeah, it's her fault too? I mean, I'm sure he's just kind of engaging. Like, I have no idea. That's what it sounds like. Um, The next day, I kind of expected that she would apologize to me, but nope. They all pretended that nothing was wrong and simply told me that we could have really used your help yesterday. I just told them that right after I graduated when I was 18, I studied abroad in London and made my way from the airport to a train to a bus to the metro and then walked to the study abroad center all without a phone. I literally only used a map and had no issues, so I figured that four grown adults could make their way to the Said that I love that (laughs) for her. Anyways, it has been a nightmare since then. They are the most narcissistic people I've ever met. After we'd been married for about six months, I found texts on my husband's phone from his father that said that I was manipulative with our money, didn't give my husband sex, so I was worthless, (gasps) was not worthy to go to church, loved my dog more than my husband, and that my husband could do so much better and he was willing to pay for a divorce lawyer. No. Okay, wow. That really escalated quickly. These accusations went on and on and on, and it's all totally BS. All these accusations only— I don't know what this, I don't really get what this says, but I had just paid $5,000 for my husband's tuition before we even got married. Our accounts were joined. I was literally an open book and he could see everything I bought. How could he have any idea how much I was having sex with my husband? And also what? Yeah, <laughs> I was, what? I was worthy to go to church and I'm not even going to address the dog thing because it's just so ridiculous. The text went on and on. She's and like the, I'm not even going to address the dog thing because it's obviously <laughs> true. <laughs> the texts went on and on. And the best part was that they were sent to the entire family. They were talking— He was talking about my sex life to the entire family. You're joking. I decided to get professional help, and we went to a therapist who finally convinced my husband how toxic his family is, and he's been so supportive ever since. They hate me because I have different political, social, and lifestyle beliefs in them. I could write a book about all the passive-aggressive and just aggressive things that they've said to me and all the controlling and manipulative things they've done, but basically, they will not let us make our own choices and freak out if we do not spend enough time with them. Jeez. They send my husband novel-long texts when he does something that they don't want him to do, and they're always trying to control him. They gossip all the time about everyone. And that is how you know they're actually just self-conscious about themselves. Let me know if you need any more crazy stories because I have tons of crap that they've done. Oh my gosh. That is so frustrating. And I'm glad you're aware enough to realize that when people do gossip all the time and they're so controlling, that is their problem. Yeah. They've got a
1: serious issue. They
2: have got their own issues. And I know this sounds kind of, maybe this sounds narcissistic and mean, but sometimes you just got to think, I'd rather be me than I than them. Like, yeah. it's easier to not have all these, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're on the receiving end of it, which sucks. But think of how much more it would suck to totally. actually be that person. Totally. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. That is exhausting. Yeah.
1: And also, you know the truth again. It's mm-hmm. like, even when you hear, the reason, going back to a couple episodes when I was saying, like, I love it when people talk bad about me. Not necessarily like I love it, but it like kind of gives me a thrill where it's like, I know myself, so if people are talking crap about me, I'm not worried that it's, like, they're going to find out the truth about me or something like that. It's just, like, they're giving me attention, and I know that that's, you know, I know who I am. I'm confident, so it's, like, cool. You're talking about me. Thanks. Like, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really matter because if you know yourself, it, it's not as… Doesn't more cut, like funny it doesn't almost. cut you deep. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it, it still is, like, kind of shocking and kind of makes you be, like, okay, but… Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a new listener and just wanted to tell you both that I'm a huge fan already and I'm a fellow pickleball player. So it always has me cracking up when you talk about it. I can totally relate to you guys so much. You I know what? That. Pickleball is sweeping the nation. We need to take a moment for that. It is. I've seen so many Instagram stories of people playing pickleball now and it's just, I'm, it's great. We love the pickleball community. I yes, hope you guys, if, if there's one thing you learned from this podcast, it's that you should go play pickleball. And I'm shitting on you for that. <laughs> While my friend Steph and her now husband were engaged, they were swimming at his family's pool. It was basically a small party so Steph could get to know some of his friends better. Some of them had been away at college and hadn't met her yet. Well, after the party, my friend's future mother-in-law called Steph's mom to tell her that in the future, Steph shouldn't wear a bikini to their pool because many many of these men were returned missionaries, including a younger son of hers who'd been back for just a couple months. Oh, girl. And they shouldn't be subjected to Steph's boobs jiggling. No joke. That's what she said at a pool party. <laughs> oh, gee. Plus, she kept talking down to my friend's mom like, now, I don't know if you allow this in your house or not, but we ask our girls to cover up. Double standard much? Steph's mom was livid. She told us she said, well, I've raised her to be able to speak for her and dress for herself. So if you have a problem, you should be speaking to her and not me. Maybe those boys should have been raised to have more self-control if they can't handle being at a pool party with a woman. Oh my gosh. We stand stan Steph's mom. We stand. Um, that monster-in-law also threw a shower for my friend, but before it started, she asked her and her mom to lie about getting married outside of the temple, or at least to stretch the truth about where they actually were getting married because she's just that prideful. She couldn't explain to people that her son would be waiting to be sealed in the temple. Okay. This There's so girl. many issues with this. No. Okay. First and foremost. Let's talk about the the initial um run-in with the her wearing the a initial bikini. offense yeah
2: <laughs> the first offense <laughs> um the
1: fact that she was wearing a bikini at at a pool party they're grown men first of all if they're returned missionaries they're like 20, 21, twenty one they're, the they're not they're yeah. not teenagers anymore no so first of all they should be able to control themselves and to have your mom go about like a woman. A grown woman, tell her, like, you can't wear this or that because of the boys. It's like,
2: let people do what they want to do. You don't have to agree with everything. And I guess it is her household. And she's saying, in our house, that's not allowed. Yeah. But it's like, when they're— We ask the girls to cover up. When they're over 20, I just feel like, come on. Yeah. Let them do— it. To me, sometimes, sheltering people— is more of a disservice. Yes. When you're like, they can't be around that. They can't be around that. Yeah. You should let them be exposed. They're going to gonna see yeah, that. Yeah. They're going to see that in life. They're going to see that. So it's like, let them be exposed to anything and you should be confident in the way that you raised them Yeah. for them uh, uh, to hopefully have more self-control than to, you know, well, and you don't have to go around showing them by any means. Right. You don't
1: have to go around like being like this and this, that's not what we mean by like, you know, let them see it all. But it's like, you shouldn't be so scared of them seeing it is really the thing. It's like, if they see it, they see it. You don't have to go around, you know, flaunting it to them, be like, here you go. You're going to like see this a lot. But if they see it, prep them for seeing it and then you should be totally fine and trust them. But when you're so scared of them seeing a girl at a swim, it's true. It's like, if you're scared of them seeing a girl at at a pool party who has, you know, bigger boobs and she's in a bikini What
2: are you scared of? Yeah. What are you scared that they're going to do? That's concerning. That is concerning. And it's like— We should teach them to be respectful of everyone. No matter what they're wearing, they should be respectful. And no matter what they look like. Mm -hmm. I
1: personally—it bugs me because I feel like—we talked about this on our Modesty episode a little bit, but even when she was like, oh, her boobs are jiggling around. First of all, you're sexualizing her. Mm -hmm. She did not sexualize herself you are sexualizing her now talking about her boobs moving around. Like she and can't stuff, control it's
2: like, how big her boobs are. Exactly.
1: It's like no one can control if they have a huge butt and they're wearing a bikini and it's like they can try and have the most covering swimsuit and it's you're still going to see their big butt. It's like it's not their fault and they're not like trying to sexualize themselves. If you're the one pointing it out and being like, these boys can't see this because whatever. It's like. That's it's it's offensive from somebody we both have experienced where it's like if someone else is calling us immodest and like saying oh your boobs are too big to be wearing a bikini like that's too sexy it's like now I feel embarrassed like you're shaming me and making me feel like shameful of my own body and sexualizing me Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good
2: no and
1: that's what you're doing to like young twenty year old I don't know
2: how old she is but I personally don't have this problem because I'm as flat as a pancake (laughs) but it would be really frustrating and it's like we just gotta let people do do what they will. And and the second offense, which is her basically saying, did she say she wanted them to lie about getting rid of the temple because yes. she couldn't? It's like, oh, this drives me absolutely nuts. Like, it's very selfish. It's mm-hmm. like, you're making everything about you. This is not about you. Yeah. It's about them and they can do whatever they want. And that's it. Yeah. That's the end of the Obviously, story. you're
1: a little bit insecure about the way that you raised your kids. If you're scared, people will find that out because you're you think that it's like a so direct bad.
2: reflection of your parenting. Yeah. Which I get,
1: but but again, it's not. It's like they're their own people, and you should be able to be honest about your kids and be proud of them and like trust them again. It just bugs me when people do things and they're like, they then they try to lie about it per se, where it's like. Or they're, you know, want to pretend like they're doing something good and then they're lying about it. And it's like, if you're not doing it, just tell people you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's somebody else. Like, you don't need to lie about that because people aren't going to think. It's like, if that's what you're worried about in life is people thinking like, oh, their kids didn't get married in the temple. It's like, you got bigger. We got bigger fish to fry out here, ma'am.
2: Yeah. That. That's really, that's very concerning to me. Yeah. And it makes me. As and a- also
1: if they're waiting to get sealed, it's also not.
2: Like, it's like, that's a great thing. Yeah. That's a great thing. Let don't, them- wouldn't you
1: rather people be honest and like be like, no, we're not getting in the married in the temple right now. I don't know what the reasoning is, but say it's like, you know, they like slipped up or something and they're like, oh, we, we, we're, we're going to wait now. It's like, wouldn't you great. rather them be honest would, than lie? A
2: hundred percent. And I don't have kids yet. So obviously it's hard, you know, but… I feel like I've always said that. I'm like, I would way rather my kids mess up and just be honest about yeah. it than feel like they have to hide it and yeah. be so ashamed. Keep going and, you know, keep up the facade. Yeah. Oh, wow. That just, that just got me worked up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Hi ladies, I love your podcast and I'm a day one listener. I'm pretty sure you can stop the podcast after this one because this has to be as crazy as in-laws get. My fiance's family absolutely hates me. For context, my fiance is the middle child of three brothers. It all started when I met the younger brother's girlfriend and she looked me up and down and said, I don't like her and walked away awesome. <laughs> All I did was introduce myself and she already hated me. It's been three and a half years and nothing has changed. I always kill her with kindness and help her out with her nonprofit organization, but I think that makes her hate me even more. She pretends that I don't exist, refuses to walk into a room if I'm there. She has a nonprofit. profit that, That's always really shocking to uh. me. It's like they send you the nastiest DM and then you look at it and it's like, I love Jesus <laughs> in their bio. Yeah. It's like, okay. I'm more like him. Yeah. She pretends that I don't exist, refuses to walk into a room if I'm in there and unfriended me on Facebook 10 minutes after I posted that we got engaged. That is so hurtful. Oh my gosh. That's so hurtful. Oh, I forgot the best part. She got married last August and had me professionally photoshopped out of her wedding photos. (laughs) JC, as a photographer, you would be shook at how good the photos look. It was like I was never there. You're lying to me. Oh my god. The gosh. worst part is when the older brother started dating a girl, she immediately befriended her. And by the time I got to meet her, she already hated me too. My fiance is so upset with the way that the sisters in law treat me that he is no longer has any relationship with either of the brothers. That sucks so bad. Yeah. Oh, either of his brothers, yeah. They vacationed together and were left out. The mother-in-law always told me that I was her favorite and that the other girls were just jealous of me. They're 24 and 31, and both couples live a street over from the mother-in-law, which is a re- in a really bad area where it's common to hear gunshots. Awesome. I live further away in the city, and I'm 21, a fashion designer, always traveling to do fashion weeks. I can see why this would make it look like I'm a snobby brat, but I'm not at all, and I'm super introverted and suffer from anxiety, so I don't even talk about my career around people. Now for the absolute kicker. The two brothers got married recently, very close to one another, and my fiancé became the only one living at home. This made his mom become super attached to him while she was already controlling, and she told my fiancé he better not propose to me because she needs him. Ooh, no, ooh, that is a that's gonna disaster. be a no for me. He proposed anyways at one of my fashion shows last year, and when we flew home, his mom screamed at him, "Why did you do that?" And never congratulated us. This was in October, and she still calls me his girlfriend. Oh, that is so rude. What are these people? Okay, my mom reached out to her. Her, who's her? My mom reached to out her. to her. The the mom, the crazy mom. Her mom reached out to his mom. Oh, okay. I'm dumb. My mom reached out to her about throwing an engagement party and she never responded. Amazing. When asked about her son's wedding, she replies, what wedding? When the (laughs) – That's so heinous. (laughs) This woman, this woman should – what's the word? Should be on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She should win a Grammy for this performance. (laughs) Okay. When the coronavirus hit, she kicked my fiance out of the house because she thought he would catch it and kill his parents, so he happily moved in with me. Side note, we're Christians and did not want to live together, but now we do to avoid the crazy. All was good, and we were finally happy being away from his family until his mom saw me post in support of Black Lives Matter on Facebook. My fiance's dad is a cop. Both the mom and dad called me, screamed at me at the top of their lungs, saying that I'm a liberal cop hater who the devil sent to destroy their perfect family. (laughs) She said their perfect family. Laza. The devil sent. She said that if it weren't for me, all the siblings would be getting along and she'd have her happy family back. I couldn't even get one word in because I was sobbing my eyes out, which only made them yell more. When I told my fiance what happened, he was in full support of me, thank goodness, and ripped his parents a new one. It's been months and we haven't spoken to anyone on that side of the family and we're super happy. The mom reached out last week and said she wants to talk, but I don't think I'm ready. I am so insanely hurt by this family and we want to live our own lives. The mother-in-law also now framed and hung up the group wedding photo I was photoshopped out of and says it's better that way I what do I do screaming at that should we invite them to our wedding next year they haven't even asked when it is or know anything about it thanks ladies and hug your husbands a little closer y'all lucked out when it comes to in-laws wow it's so hard because you truly when you marry someone you are marrying their Their family. family you are going to be a part of that family and it's ideal if you can pick someone with a great family yeah truthfully but when you fall in love with it's like you can't help who yeah. you fall in love with. And then if you want to marry this man and you really believe he's the one, you're just—it's like, cool. And doesn't it
1: just shock you sometimes how, like, a, an angel can come from a family like that? Where you're like, where did you come from? Yes. And like, how did you come from that family?
2: It is really shocking.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, you, def- you defy all odds there.
2: Yes. The fact that she was like, you can't get engaged because I need you shows that she is very— Insecure maybe in her relationship
1: or— Well, also we haven't talked about this yet, but um, we were talking about this off the podcast a couple weeks ago, how some moms have this attachment with their son where they're not getting the relationship from their husband. They're not getting that validation from their husband. So they cling to their son to give them that like almost relationship— Validation. Yes, basically. like validation. And so when that's when those like mommy issues come in, when the son is a mama's boy and will do anything for the mom and will like just go above and beyond and like um is kind of like under her spell, Wrath. basically. Yes. Yeah. And then when he moves on and gets a girlfriend or gets a wife or whatever it is, she becomes jealous of them. Like mm-hmm. as if it's her husband having a mistress or something. It's like that's why she, they act like that is because she's not getting, you'll notice most of the time that she doesn't have a great relationship with her husband. If if there's a couple who has a great relationship with their husband, like a mom, she's usually a good mother-in-law. Right. It's like because she understands relationships. But when they don't understand a healthy relationship, it's very hard for them to nurture your healthy relationship in a yes. healthy way. It's like, oh, we're toxic, therefore, in-laws, because truthfully, I was thinking about this while we were prepping for this episode and I'm like. I lucked out with every single in-law that I've ever had. And there's lots of kids in my family and Nick's family. And so it's like, there's lots of in-laws to come about because it's not only just mother-in-laws it's and sister like- sister and brother-in-laws Yeah, and it's everything. like sister-in-laws and brothers and in- yeah, whatever it is. And so like, even I have four brothers, so they're all going to get married to like girls that I'm like, okay. Which I feel like that's even harder. There's four girls, yeah. And I love my sister-in-law, Hannah, that my oldest brother married. And lucked out with her. She's amazing. Like when he first dated her, I was like, she might be too good for you, to be quite (laughs) honest. And my in-laws, like I love all Nick's. Nick has all sisters and I love them and Mm -hmm. their husbands and my um, parents-in-law. Wait, parents-in-law?
2: I know. I keep getting mixed up with that. I think it is parents-in-law. And in-law. Abby's husband is yes. also great. And,
1: yeah. And Abby married—my only sister married um, Joe, and he's awesome, too. I'm like, okay, we really like that. We got to keep this going. Yeah, we got to keep the trend
2: going. I got know. three more people to get married. We have—in my family, Leif has two more brothers to get married. Mm-hmm. Two little brothers, and I have two little brothers. I'm like, yeah. there are going to be four, four more girls. new girls in this family, which it's I like exciting. to think— Yeah, it's exciting. I like to think of it positively because I'm like, okay, they're all great boys, so— they're going to pick yeah. great girls mm-hmm. is what I, that's the energy I'm putting out. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I feel the same. It's like, I lucked out and I'm so grateful that yeah. I don't have to deal with crap like this. Yeah.
1: Like supportive <laughs> people are sharing. They're like, I do not have supportive. And I'm like, that sucks for you. Sex <laughs> to suck. But our in-laws are supportive,
2: loving. Well, it does make you feel so grateful. Yeah. It's like, it really is just such a bummer. And the worst feeling I feel like would be knowing that you're stuck with them forever. Yeah. Like it's, you're just like, this is my life. Exactly. And that is
1: really a bummer. Because best case scenario, it's another pair of parents that you can go to. Like I've gone to my in-laws like sobbing when we've had hard times. And it's like, I know that they're going to be like my second pair of parents basically, right. where it's like, okay, like they can help us. But when you don't have that, it's like,
2: that it sucks. I mean, obviously is. you
1: still have your parents, but it's nice to have, you know, Building your family bigger and bigger, and the more the merrier. When they're not when toxic, they're nice. yeah.
2: <laughs> I think the key is, and you really have to read the room and know your audience because some people, in some of these stories, I'm like, I could picture honesty or like, you know, trying to have a nice conversation just doesn't work for some people yeah. because that you just, they can't be reasoned with, and yeah. that's really a huge bummer. But I feel like the ultimate advice that we both have probably is just to be as honest and direct as possible because. At least they know where you stand and you're not just like hiding away and like ghosting them. If you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you get along, you can just be honest and be like, honestly, this is how I feel. And like, yeah, that's why we're not coming around. I just want you to be aware. I want to be as honest and direct with you as possible. I feel like that can help a lot, even though, again, it is much harder to do. Yeah. Easier said said than than done.
1: done. I
2: think we need to have a whole podcast
1: episode about clear content communication. Someone actually messaged me that the other day. They were like, I would love to hear a podcast episode about this because- It's something that's helped me and Nick in our relationship. Like when Nick first brought it up, it kind of sounds like, duh. Like, yeah, "Yeah, be honest, duh. But when he talks about like collusion and all that stuff, we need to just go and like dive into that because it's really is so helpful and enlightening to really understand like clear content communication. And like when JC and Leif were having the fight about uh, pickleball and they were like, I was like, Nick, what do you think? And Nick's like, they're in the box. And I'm like, I don't, what are you talking about? He's like, they're in the box of collusion. (laughs) But it's it's funny because it is true. Like when mm-hmm. you're in, me and Nick are constantly in the box, but then we have to like get out. And it's like when you're in the box, it's basically you're not trying to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Basically simple as that. But I think that would be interesting. We also, shout out to my brother-in-law, who is literally our number one fan. I got him a, what we said, sweatshirt last year for Christmas because he's truly our number one fan. And I it's so it funny so when like boys are fans of us. I mean, I know, I think our branding throws it off where it's like, you see our branding, it's like you would not think boys liked it.
2: Yeah. But some boys are fans and it's so great. I actually yeah. just looked at our um, analytics or whatever the other day on and it Instagram. Says, on Instagram. Yeah. And it says that our audience is 97% women and really? 3% men. <laughs> 3%. So if you are one of the 3% of the men who listen, you're special. Well, and probably
1: more men listen that don't follow us on Instagram. Yeah. For sure. Because they don't like Instagram probably.
2: And they're probably Just not going to completely gonna, sexist. I'm like, boys <laughs> don't like Instagram." And they're probably either. not going to go out of their way to be like, "Yeah, I love the podcast. I'm going to follow it." Yeah. yeah. Okay, well that's going to be it for our, for our I almost said lesson. For our episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow along on our Instagram at what we said podcast. Merch is coming, you guys. I am so freaking excited. I'm, yes. I I don't know if you guys can tell that I'm smiling over the mic right now because we're so excited about our upcoming merch. We will all the um, updates will be on Instagram first. So make sure you're following yes. along. And if you want to be extra nice, you can give us a rating and review on the podcast app. Really helpful to us. And we read them all. We love you guys so much. Hope you guys have an amazing week. And that's what we said. Sorry, I, you you kind of just flew right into it. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Okay. And that's, that's what, what we, we said. said. Goodbye.